from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Sit him under center. Snap. Pitches to the left. Samir White at the 10. Has the 5. Racing to the pylon. TDLB. Raiders in the end zone. They capitalize on the Masterson interception. White with his second touchdown of the preseason. Garbers tosses left. Brown holding it in his left arm. Runs in untouched. Six easy. TD Raiders. Hand off to Robbins. Robbins straight up the middle. Spins toward the goal line. He's in for a touchdown. Caught by Kyle Williams at the eight to the five. He's inside to about the two before he's gang tackled and finally stopped. Now he's pushing forward and he falls into the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby, what an effort by Kyle Williams. He dragged four guys into the end zone. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go, 5 o'clock hour. Finley Toyota Studios, Ari's running things. Willie Ramirez is the company today. Before we get to the Big Five, I think we we doubled up on the major story. It looks like the Golden Knights, in spite of, I think, saying that Brassois was going to be the guy in the mix with Logan Thompson, now that may be thrown into a question because they've acquired another goalie. Yeah, earlier this, you know, toward the exit interviews, Kelly McCrimmon had said they weren't sure on the timetable on Robin Leonard and Laurent Brassois, and it didn't sound like, at the time, Brassois, whether he was going to come back. We now know Leonard is gone for the year. And then last week, in the introductory little presser with Bill Kessel, before that, we got Kelly McCrimmon a couple hours before that, and he said he updated us on everybody, and it included Brassois. said, we are moving forward, heading into training camp with Brassois, and Logan Thompson. Well, just got the email. The team has acquired goaltender Aiden Hill from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a fourth-round pick in the 2024 NHL entry draft. Hill appeared in a career-high 25 games with the Sharks, 2.6 goals against average, 906 save percentage. He's also played with the Coyotes. He was drafted by Arizona in the 2015 NHL entry draft. So... Um, it's interesting just in the fact that he, we just heard a week ago, less than a week ago, that they were moving forward. Now, is is there a sign that he that now Brassois won't be ready? Is there a sign that Logan Thompson is heading back to the AHL, which I think would be a huge mistake? I'm guessing, and I kind of hope, because I want to see Logan Thompson get his shot. I've been saying, get someone in there who can play that tandem role but doesn't have to be every ga- every other game. Let Logan Thompson be your guy, and then on back-to-back nights or when you've played three, four games in a five, six-day span, you throw someone who's been around, someone that's been in there, maybe could play the mentor role. I don't know what it means. It'll be interesting. we got training camp less than a couple of weeks away. But Hill's in the final year of a two-year deal. He signed with the Sharks last year. He's a cap hit of around $2.1 million. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Tom Brady is back after his short break in training camp. Did he give any specifics as to why he needed a break? Well, he said that there's a lot of schnitzel. I'll use that word. 
lot of schnitzel going on, quote unquote. Home uh, schnitzel or football schnitzel? Didn't say. Just a lot of schnitzel. Uh, when pressed about his 11-day absence, I've heard the sound. I've heard the audio. It's just, you know, you just say, you know, you, everyone has different situations they're dealing with, and we all have unique challenges to our lives. So I don't know. I, I, I never really bought into the masked singer. I, I'm not saying that that it's not impossible, but I will say that it makes more sense that Giselle was never happy with his decision. And, you know, hey, you said that was it. You said, will you be home with the kids? You said you'd be staying here. Oh, blah, boy. Blah, blah, blah. Very dangerously jumping to conclusions trying to guess. It is. Because, but but Brady, Brady's good at this. Like you just said, you know, Brady, I'll repeat it again. Everyone has different situations they're dealing with, and we all have unique challenges to our lives. I'm 45 years old, man. He said, I'm 45 years old, man. I wish I was. There's a lot of S going on. So you just have to try and figure out life the best you can. You know, it's a continuous process, which is, by the way, another brilliant skill of Tom Brady of saying nothing, but also disarming folks from asking him about it anymore. The Buccaneers reporter, Janae Lane, wrote on Twitter, there's a noticeable mood shift with everybody when he takes the field. So Right, he's awesome. Well, yes, he's a winner. Yes. Jenna Lane, yes. I'm just wondering. Do you really want to go in on this without knowing? No. But, Are you going to attack my guy, TB12? Now that uh, he's in Tampa, he's my guy. New England. No, I'm not attacking Miami. him. It's just, it's just that, that's that's what he says. That's that's the answer. If that's if that's all that's necessary to give, I guess. But I mean, it was recently, you know, where different things are coming out. He 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 did an interview and said that he didn't want his kids growing up to think that life was easy. But in the same breath and in the same article, was talking about how they have someone cook for them. They have someone fold the laundry. They have someone do the dishes. They have some. They have you know. They have a driver, a chef. A cook, I mean. Meanwhile, we just talked to John Von Tobel, developing parent. I, John was talking about putting together Legos. I, I think he might have the older kid like stepping on Legos as discipline. Who knows? Well, Giselle's CPS home put, rushing over Giselle's, to the Von Tobel household Giselle's because I made a joke. Giselle's I'm, I'm at home kidding. putting Legos together, and and he and she thought that Tom was going to be. There's a lot of schnitzel going on. Uh, you're you're making wild accusations as to marital problems, and I, I don't. Like I didn't it. say that they're problems. Yeah, She's unhappy. She's unhappy with his... We don't know that. And none of the good quarterbacks play in the preseason. At this point, what's the difference if he doesn't practice for 10 days? Well, 11 days. Well, I don't know because Derek Carr said he can get more out of practices than he can in the game, especially with it's a joint practice. And when you go from one Hall of Famer to another, I'm just saying. Do we have another bet here? What, What bet? At what the schnitzel was? No. I'm already going to beat you with the Texans. I'm already going to beat you with the Raiders. How much dinner can you afford? How about you fade the Buccaneers no, against right. the Cowboys? No. I'll take the Bucks. No. I'll take the Bucks plus five and a half. Let's do a teaser. I got to lay five and a half to Tampa Bay and Brady with Cowboys. You're at home! And no. Brady's marriage is screwed up. He didn't practice. No. Put your money where your mouth is. I never wager. has got wa- distractions. This team is screwed, as you're saying. I never wager. It's your Cowboys. I never wager on games involving my Cowboys. Lay some points. Let's go. No. Six-point teaser. No. Number four. I've lost control of the show. There was a uh, hardcore point. Move on to number four. All right. So, 
Raiders, then Rebels, then Aces. Willie was all over the place this weekend. Friday at the Owl, Saturday at Allegiant, right across the street at the MUA, McAlter Arena for the Aces. We're all dying to know this question. How'd you eat? I ate pretty good. I don't know. Pretty darn good. Is there good. some complaints about? No. I don't have any complaints. Here we go. The, Ra- the Raiders food. The Raiders cooked for New England. As they do. They cook for the opposing team. So so in a sense, you get the taste of whoever's in town. Mm, some guesses. Wow, that could be that could be pretty elaborate. Don't tell me they did like lobster rolls or uh, clam chowder or what else could they do? Boston baked beans. What'd they do? Okay. I ruined all of it? He, he, knowing that he's got a mouse in his ear. Oh, no, excuse me, a rat. Um, the best of the whole thing for me was the lobster mac and cheese. They did lobster mac and cheese, okay. Big chunks of it over in so the was, hot dog station. I was in the range. Over by the hot Now, they start, now you know they do a meal when you get there. So they started with Yankee pot roast. Hadn't thought of that veggies. Okay. And, and then the halftime meal was. Halftime meal? Yeah, you get a halftime meal. Clam chowder in the big sourdough bowl. Clam chowder, and you get the bowl. In the, what is going on? In the sourdough bowl. No wonder you have so many jabronis over there. And they like, have. Oh, oh, they cover the Raiders now. What? And what's going on here? What the, a feast! The lobster roll. Yeah, the lobster. The little lobster roll. They had lobster spinning all over. They had lobster rolls too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But the, with the, and a really strong dill taste. You could taste it. With the with this nice celery, it was it was decent. Wow. It was decent. Thank you, thank you, Raiders. Now UNLV, yes. UNLV and the Aces basically they 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 did breakfast. <laughs> okay, um, I'm not gonna. Did you go into the courtside club? No. Are you one of the offenders? Should well, we get to this? Yes, we should. So the PR guy John Maxwell for the Aces Jiggy. sends out an email with like five different bullet points about what media people should not be doing, including going in and eating in the VIP crew, also sitting in the stands, cheering during the games. Uh, someone sent this out. I requested of you who were the violators. I sent that out on Twitter, and I got crickets back. Why? Well, Adam Hill keeps a list of all the people who are stepping on the Raiders logo in the locker room. Yeah. Well, Where's your list? I'm not a snitch. I'm not. I'm not a rat. I'm not going to sit here and call people out on Twitter when everybody and you weren't actually the one. You just said something like violators was something, and then you put right. my name. It was our lawyer follower friend Sean who said he wanted. I was like, no, I'm not ratting. Then of course Brady had to chime in. P1 Brady, yeah. P1 Brady, former content provider. And on and, I, and I was like, and I because I put out the 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 little meme of De Niro and the young Henry Hill. And he's like, oh, so Willie has friends in it. No. And it's the most misconstrued movie line of Goodfellas because people say this all the time. Like, it's redundant. Like, he said the same. But he's not. Okay. Congratulations. And here's your graduation present. I'm I got pinched. Everybody gets pinched, but you did it right. You told them nothing, and they got nothing. I thought you'd be mad. Man, I'm not mad. I'm proud of you. You took your first pinch like a man. And you learn the two greatest things in life. Never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Okay, always keep your mouth shut. I get that. But you're not friends with these people. So what's the deal? Well, that's what I was trying to explain to P1 Brady. He says you learn the two greatest things in life. The two. Two. So when he says never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth it's two separate things. Oh, okay. You never rat on your together. friends yeah. and always keep your mouth shut. It sounds like it's being redundant. Like, 
Well, if you already said never rat on your friends, why do you need to say never, you know, keep your mouth shut? It's two different things. You never rat on your friends. And then the other part is, no matter what, you just always keep your mouth shut. Right. And truly. in this case, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Now, there's one of the things that's on this list that Jiggy sent out was standing up like, okay, so you know that there's going to be a last second shot. Standing up and getting video. They're getting up and then you're in front of people that are paying for the. And I get that. Now, here's the thing. There actually are a lot of TV people and people we know, people that, you know, that will do that. I've done it from my seat. I've never stood up from my seat and you all, you try to get it. Now they moved all of us from courtside. Remember where you came this year? Oh, is that right? Yeah, because they so- they put a row of chairs and they sold those. Oh, wow. Okay, so making we're money. Behind- I like it. We're, we're where we would sit for MD cashing in. UNLV basketball or USA basketball at T-Mobile. We're behind the basketball stanchion. Okay, so they put, and I actually liked it. It was actually a good setup. So wherever they got up to do it and try to film, I'm assuming Kelsey Plum, take that shot, they must have gotten the way. Number three. Number three. So we mentioned a little while ago, video of Austin Ajake running over to the UNLV slot machine. If you don't know, UNLV football came up with a slot machine, and they run over when they get touchdowns and and turnovers, and it's pretty cool. You know, they wipe off the seat, and guys celebrate. So it went viral, got a bunch of views. People were like, had no idea that this even existed, even though we we tweeted it out in the middle of last season when they uh, first came on board with this thing. It was really cool. It got a lot of promotion for UNLV football. That was neat. I did notice there were a lot of people. uh, There were two camps. The camp that was basically like, too much. Too much celebration. I don't like this. This is why I don't watch college football anymore. And then the one that really got me was some football old-timers. Because the anonymous people saying it's too much, who cares, right? Yeah. Sean Salisbury tweeted kind of at me. He didn't know he was tweeting at me because I was connected to whatever. It was like Bleacher Report. Right. And said, you got to win a lot more than that to be celebrating like that. And I retweeted and I was like, why are there so many old football players who forget what it was like to play and have fun? Yeah, what? It's like, bruh. Okay, wait, let us know when. How about this, Sean? Check in when it's okay to celebrate. Excuse me. I mean, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not being snarky and throwing salt here, but the guy's third win of his campaign, and oh, it happens to be the first game of the season, and the way they're doing it in dominating fashion again is the way that they were supposed to be doing. Those guys deserve to be celebrating, however it is that they want to do. And by the way. That's what that's there for. It's there. That's what it's there for, for the mid-game celebration. So what game is it okay, Sean, for them to go ahead and use the slot machine celebration that's there to celebrate? By the way, I think he was embarrassed when he looked back on it because he deleted it. So Clown. Wow. It's pretty harsh. But there are a lot of people out there who are like, I don't like these kind of celebrations. Tough. Relax. Kids are having fun. It's a turnover. It's a touchdown. Like, freaking everything has to be so serious. <sighs> Quit hating on UNLV. Jesus. Number two. You going to do some hating here on the Aces? That was not a good opener to the series against the Storm. Not a good opener at all. And as it turned out, the road team won both of the games, right? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right now. We've heard this from across the league, media members, in, in that the Aces have the best starting lineup and the bench could be an issue. I'm going to tell you right now. 
Connecticut's starting lineup is fantastic. I mean, and it starts with reigning MVP, John Quell Jones. And, I mean, it goes down the line. I mean, you're talking about (laughs) it really is could be the most dangerous, and it could be Chicago's biggest problem. Dewana Bonner, Alyssa Thomas, Courtney Williams, Letitia Heedman, and then John Quell Jones. They've got a bench. Brianna Jones was up for the award that Jackie Young won today, Miss Most Improved. Dejanae Carrington, Odyssey Sims, and by the way, you've heard me mention Athletes Unlimited that was here in Vegas. Courtney Williams, Odyssey Sims, and Dejanae Carrington all played in that league. That's chemistry that they brought over. And every single story I've written, Steve, during the WNBA season about the AU players, coaches, opponents, and teammates have all said that they, the biggest difference they've noticed in those players was confidence and sort of just this different vocal attitude. They all play with a different sort of panache. They come out with a confidence level that's... So Connecticut was the most impressive win yesterday for me. Okay? Then Seattle, and then Chicago, and Las Vegas. In terms of overall performance, I put Vegas fourth of yesterday. I, I, I was at yesterday's game, and I got home. I walked in at 4.58, put the game on, and watched Connecticut and Chicago, both road teams. Now, I will say, Asia Wilson is not going to let that game rest. She will be. She is not going to come out and be held to 10 shot attempts. She went three for 10. She's just, that's just not, that's not her style. She's going to come out in dominant fashion. Kelsey Plum will play better. Um, she was leading scorer, but what, let me uh, rephrase. Even those that were in the leaderboard for the Aces, they'll have a better start to the game. They'll have, they'll make the right adjustment. They'll understand the switches. They're going to have broken down the game film. Chicago might be in trouble. They really might be in trouble. Candace Parker single handedly did, you know, she kept them, but. Connecticut is impressive. Number one. Top story coming up. We'll get an update on the latest with Darren Waller and our, uh, check that, Willie. Willie wants to reveal what he got out of the Raiders training camp, uh, some of the things he learned about this Las Vegas team. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Zappi hands it off to Harris, who squirts through the line. It takes it down to the Raiders 42. Ball's out. Raiders say they have it. Cosby was the one who punched it out. It looks like Deshaun Bowers on top of it. It is another takeaway. Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. Raiders training camp preseason is over. Uh, first of all, are we getting 18 games soon? Because I think a lot of NFL coaches told the league, what are we doing? We're not playing our guys. So stop with the preseason games. And we saw a lot of injuries that didn't need to happen. And, you know, um, I think Derek Carr one of the best quotes was, which I mentioned earlier, was saying, I can get more out of these joint practices. They're controlled environment. They're not hitting the quarterback, right? Um, then I can 14 or 15 snaps in a preseason game where you're actually going balls to the wall and it's you can get injured. So, yeah, I'm wondering if it's going from three to two preseason games and from 17 to 18 regular season games. On Darren Waller, Josina Anderson 
sending out a tweet around uh, 1030 today saying that uh, her understanding, she's an NFL insider formerly with ESPN and now at CBS, my understanding is Raiders tight end Darren Waller has had a deal in discussion that would make him the highest paid at his position in terms of the yearly money, 16 mil a year. She says per league source. Uh, he is currently in the midst of changing representation. And from what you hear, it may still take a while before they can announce it because of the change from one agency to another. Yeah, one person told me today that he, he so he can sign Wednesday. And the thing is, if he were to cut that deal with any sort of immediacy, Clutch Sports could jump in and say, well, we've been, it, just like she said, if there's a deal in place, right. Clutch Sports could say, well, wait a minute. So you sign with this agent, and then you cut the deal. Now that agent gets the commission. Where's our cut? They yeah, there's got to be some protection so, for agencies. Yeah, so you, so so it could be a, a minute before he signs, and and which is fine because, you know, they don't officially report back in a sense. I mean, they're back. They're supposed to be practicing, from what I understand. They'll practice a couple times this week, then they'll take the weekend off, and then they'll get back to regular regular season week starting Monday. Okay, and then you go through, and it's just like back to 2019. Locker rooms are open, um, which is which is a huge benefit because I think readers and and followers you're going to hear different stuff if 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 the Raiders followers are following me Adam Hill Vinny B Vic Paul guess what for the last two years we're all tweeting out the same quotes how many times Steve if you haven't been when you're not in the room you've been there a lot this year and one by one went for the availabilities oh I just saw the quote oh, it's like 17 quotes in a row and they're all the same from what they said now you're going to get to see why when they say, what's the big deal about an open locker room? Well, some of us are going to get those one-on-ones. So anyway, that being said, it'll be a week and a half before game one. I've been on the record. Darren Waller, he will be playing. I just think it's going to take a minute to get the new agency in flow. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. First and goal from the seven. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Let's talk a little NFL, talk more about the uh, UNLV victory at Allegiant Stadium. That was uh, CBS Sports Network on the call. Chris Lewis, play-by-play. Dante Whitner was the uh, color analyst for the game, and he gives Cofield and Company a little time here, former NFL player. Dante, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? We're good. We're good, man. Uh, first of all, are you a Vegas guy? Have you been to Vegas a bunch of times? I'm not really a Vegas guy. I've been there often, but, you know, I don't really indulge in what Vegas provides. So <laughs> I'm not really a Vegas guy. I like Miami. Okay. You know, I prefer Miami over Vegas. All right, there you go. What do you think of the stadium? I thought it was amazing. I thought that it's uh, second to only the L.A. Rams stadium in California, but Ooh. I think it looks amazing. I think it fits the persona that the Las Vegas Raiders um, once they exude. And, you know, that's just a black hole. And it's, uh, it's an awesome, it's an awesome uh, uh, place to, you know, watch a game. Why do you like SoFi so much? I think it just looks like you're in Star Trek or somewhere. When you're looking at the stadium from outside and knowing that it's underneath ground, and, you know, it just looks 
amazing. It looks like some type of futuristic bubble. And I caught a game there last year in the preseason. It was amazing. I hope I get a chance to call a game there soon. That's tremendous. All right, well, UNLV against an opponent they should have taken care of. I thought had a monster first half. So give me some of your impressions. What were you impressed by with the Rebels? I was impressed with Doug Brumsfield being able to stand in the pocket, know exactly where to go with the ball, trusting his playmakers, getting them in and out of the right plays. There were many times when Idaho State went to all-out zero blitz, trying to affect the quarterback and attack the offensive line. Doug Brunsfield, he checked to the right play, put the money on, put the ball right on the money. Uh, a few deep ones to Ricky White. I think that they were expected to beat Idaho State the way that they did, but just the efficiency in which he played with. I thought that they, the playmakers, all of the wide receivers had an opportunity to make plays, and when they got the ball in their hand, they looked exciting. Um, all the running backs, all the way down from Aiden Robinson to Reese, they bring you something different. I think that um, UNLV fans, I think that the Mountain West got put on high alert uh, two days ago when UNLV went out there and took care of Idaho State in the fashion that they did. Dante, a lot is being made. Well, UNLV just beat an FCS opponent, but this was a team that had struggled in the past against FCS opponents, whether they'd win it or lose it. They have a right to celebrate this win? Absolutely, um, especially when you um, come off two consecutive losing seasons. Um, losing six games by eight points or less last year is so many tough defeats. A win is a win. You can only beat who they put place in front of you. Um, and it's the manner in which they won. They took care of the offensive line. The offensive line played beautifully. Um, last year, I think what they gave up, 41 sacks. Um, this year, they stood firm. They stood strong. They gave their quarterback enough time to figure out what he wanted to do inside the pocket. And then the playmakers, and not to even mention on defense, they have guys flying around. There wasn't a lot of missed tackles. And that's how you gauge good defenses. It's not about how many interceptions or turnovers, sacks. How many missed tackles do you have? How many loads to the ball? How many guys running full effort in the right angle? I mean, that's what I saw from the UNLV defense. Yeah, they gave up a few plays over the top that they could have back. It's easy correctable. But I see this team turning in the right direction. Well, let's talk about the few plays they did give up. They were on double moves. So, you know, as a guy who played uh, in the NFL and played defense, what did you see on double moves? And, uh, you know, I had it explained on the sideline by Mark McMillan, who also played in the NFL. He talked about, you know, sometimes on those double moves, it's not just the cornerback who made a mistake on the play. Well, I don't even think it was a double move, guys. The first touchdown that they gave up was really set up beautifully by Idaho State coaching staff. Um, UNLV was playing a lot of quarter, quarter, half, where to the front side you're playing quarters. You just split the field in one fourth. The corner has the outside fourth, taking away the deep post, giving up the out. And then the safety to that side, he has the number two vertical. But what Idaho State did was they condensed the formation. They knew that they were playing this coverage. They condensed the formation. They went to seven-man max pro, which means you have a tight end at the end of the line of scrimmage and a back offset. Their hands are on their knees. They're intention show you that they're standing in the block. Whenever you get those receivers inside the number condensed like that, those safeties have to communicate. The backside safety that's playing cover two, you have to communicate to the safety that's playing to the front side has that quarter. When you have that deep over route coming to the front side safety, all the backside safety has to do is say, hey, they have a condensed formation. They are in a blocking formation with all the players. How about we pass this route off? It's easy. We did it in the NFL. I did it in college. If you talk that before it happens, they run a two-man route. The crossing route is coming over to the front side safety. He takes that. The backside safety that has cover two, he goes to a deep angle to the middle of the field. 
the safety that looked like he was beat on a double move, he was guessing on the route. Right. When the receiver stuttered down like that, he just wanted to stop the cornerback's feet. The, the cornerback to that side is taught to run deep to the post. That's the, what you want to take away, to give up the deep out to that side of the field. So he thought he was sitting on the route about to get a pick, and that's what he thought. The backside safety, they both chased the deep over route. Nobody communicated, replacing the deep middle, and that's how you give up big plays. So I know it seems complicated, but in an instance, the safeties have to be able to see the player with the hands on their knees, inside formation, down in distance, speak that out, and it's a no play. Dante Whitner breaking it down beautifully. Former Buffalo Bill, Niner, uh, Redskin, Browns. Uh, are you on a game this week? Do you know what college football game you're doing this week? I'm not doing a game this week. That was week zero. My next game will be Fresno State, Oregon State. Ooh. That's not this upcoming Saturday, the following Saturday, Saturday in Fresno. So I'll be getting ready for that. Right now I'm getting ready for NBC Bay Area. I have a preview show tomorrow. So I'll cover the NFL and college back and forth. Nice, nice. So that means you'll have some extra time this weekend to watch Ohio State and Notre Dame. Ohio State is up to a 17-point favorite in that game. What do you think is going to happen with the Buckeyes and the Irish? Yeah, it's me. It should be more. Ah. Um, with the weapons that we have at Ohio State, um, you know, just plug and play. First-round picks behind first-round picks. Jackson Smith and Ajiba. Um, you know, I, I just I believe that we'll just be too much for Notre Dame. And I have a lot of respect for the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Two of my ex-teammates are in play Insta Rose over there. Marcus Freeman, who's the head coach, he played linebacker with me when I was at Ohio State. And uh, Lauren Nider, linebacker, who's the linebacker coach at Notre Dame. So I know that they all have those guys ready to play, um, but I just don't think it'll be enough. It'll be too much in Ohio State. How much better can the defense be with Jim Knowles running things? I think it'll be a, a lot different. Uh, we've gotten away from that standard that Normally, Ohio State football defense play with turnovers, stopping the run, getting after the quarterback, you know, just creating havoc, having staples and players that make impact week in and week out. Over the last few years, we haven't had that. We haven't had the leadership, in my opinion. Um, you know, now with having Knowles there, coming over from Oklahoma State, been a high-pressure defense, coaching the, de- uh, the intricate details within defense, understanding the scheme, implementing it to his players, I think that will be a lot better. I'm expecting Ohio State to make it to the national championship this game this year. Hmm. I never picked them to win it because I know it's how tough Georgia and Alabama and all these SEC teams, SEC teams are, but I do know in my heart, and I feel it in my heart, that Ohio State will be in the national championship. So, Dante, news came down about Jimmy Garoppolo, and I see one headline that says, shocking pay cut restructured, but uh, there was one person in particular who wasn't shocked. A tweet came out long before that. Yep, I put a tweet out three hours before that. I was just sitting and thinking, like, why can't the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo compromise? Why can't Jimmy take a pay cut knowing that he's going to be the backup quarterback and if Trey Lance, the young rookie quarterback, gets hurt or he doesn't play well, he can come in and be the savior? Uh, so many um, incentives in his contract. I just thought that it was a, a, a perfect um, – uh, situation for Jimmy and the 49ers to compromise with each other, and they did. And it was the best thing for the team. It's the best thing for Jimmy. Um, and now the 49ers have a proven backup, somebody that took them to two NFC championships and two – I mean, and, and one Super Bowl. So 
I think that they're okay with that. What do you think is Trey Lance's biggest challenge? Trey Lance's biggest challenge is going to be fitting the ball into those tight areas underneath. And we all know that Kyle Shanahan likes to stretch it to the edges with the run game, some power inside, dual blocking. But his, his offense is based on RPOs, play action, getting the ball out, the timing. And with Trey Lance, sometimes he has a long windup. Um, so it's just the only thing, consistently being accurate within those short zones. We know that he has the arm strength. We know he's going to get outside the pocket and make big plays with his legs. But it's just playing quarterback at a high level from the pocket. I think that that's somewhere that he could possibly struggle. But, you know, he has all the talent in the world. I don't foresee that being a big problem all year long. If so, Kyle Shanahan will have to find a way to figure it out. Will the Cleveland Browns make the playoffs? No. Without Deshaun Watson, I do not believe that the Cleveland Browns will make the playoffs. Uh, I think they'll be competitive. They have one of the top running games in the National Football League, one of the top offensive lines. Few shining stars on defense, but you don't have that quarterback position. That's an intricate piece to not have on your offense. And we all know what Deshaun Watson can bring to any offense in the NFL, let alone the Cleveland Browns with a dominant running game. So I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll squeak some games out that they're not supposed to win. But at the end of the day, I think missing Deshaun Watson will be insurmountable for this team. Maybe next year I think they'll make the playoffs if Deshaun Watson gets a full, full season under his belt. The real big question on this show, because we have a side wager, is I have the Houston Texans plus two and a half wins against Steve's Jacksonville Jaguars. Do I, have, do I stand a chance with the Texans plus two and a half wins? Uh, I'm not sure about that. You know, watching Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, I do believe that he has all the talent in the world. I do believe that he's a, a quarterback that played at a high level and continue to do that in the NFL, but you have to go out and prove it. You have to have the pieces around you, the continuity within the coaching staff, and you have to see things eye to eye. Um, for the Houston Texans, um, Davis as the quarterback, I, I compare him to uh, Kirk Cousins from Minnesota. I played with Kirk. And Washington, a guy that's not going to be the flashiest, but when you step in between the lines, he knows where to go with the football. Um, he's accurate, and they believe in him. Um, you know, last year, you know, some of the wins that he picked up and the situations that he was able to get the Houston Texans out of when they were going through all that turmoil, um, I think that the leadership role is, is on Davis Mills' back. So I'm going to say plus one Houston Texans. Dante, that was awesome. We appreciate it. Thanks for doing the spot today on short notice, and uh, hope you enjoyed Vegas while you were here. All right. Thank you, guys. You guys have a good one. There he is. Dante Whitner, former NFL player, three-time Pro Bowler, number eight pick in the 2006 draft. Dante Hitner. And I knew he would give us something good on that breakdown he broke it of down. the uh, big passes that Idaho State did nail. And as I mentioned, I talked to Mark McMillan, a former cornerback in the NFL, Dante played safety, and Mark was quick to say that Cam Oliver, who got beat on the play, he's like, the safeties, man. And that was one of the things. He said both of the safeties charge hard to come mm-hmm. up and run support, and you know it's not always just the guy who's on the island who messes up on the play. And I told everyone before the game last week, the starting safety is out right now. Tyson Player, for undisclosed reasons, is out for the Rebels. Don't know when he's back, and that meant that you know, Trent Holloway, Juco from City College of San Francisco, Jordan Morgan, really young guy transferring from 
Iowa State, that they were going to be out there in you know pressurized situations. So some things to clean up there. And, you know, let me build on the Jimmy G thing. Because I think this is a brilliant move by the Niners, and I love that. I'm guessing Dante might have had some in, like inside information, yeah, yeah, but I love yeah. that he tweeted out. He's like, "How about we we just see the Niners come to an accord and figure this thing out?" So I'm excited to watch uh, Dante do NBC Bay Area, and he's on all these um, a lot of Mountain West games for the CBS Sports Network. So make sure you check out his work and check him out on Twitter. Giveaway time three six four eleven hundred caller seven three six four one one zero zero. Holy crap! September 9th. Allegiant Stadium, 4 o'clock show. Joan Jett, Poison, Def Leppard, Motley Crue. What a show. Grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Allegiant Stadium, September 9th. Ari's got a pair right now. 364-1100. Caller 7, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. So, big NFL news of the day. We waited all this time to find out what was going to happen with Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Who's going to trade for him? Well, no one was going to trade for him, right? The salary's too high, and he's not really worth a whole lot of compensation. Everyone was waiting to see him released, and then they make a run at him. Now, what happened during the preseason was the Niners have some more questions about Trey Lance than they thought they'd have. I, I've seen multiple people. It's funny. The Niners come to an agreement with Garoppolo. He restructures his contract. Now they've got a good backup quarterback, and a lot of people are like, this is egg on the face of the Niners. Well, why is it egg on the face of the Niners? They made an adjustment. They were able to renegotiate the deal. This is a massive positive, isn't it, Willie? Yeah. It's definitely a team-friendly deal. I mean, he's taken a pay cut. He's agreed to be the backup. It's it's there's no egg on the face. It's just that I think it's it's like I said before, it's like all this drama leading up to it. That's the problem. And you know what? Part Most of the drama is is doing what I just did when we brought up whatever Tom Brady's 11 day is. It's all speculation. Everybody creates the drama behind mm-hmm. the speculation of what's going on. Just like locals. And here we are. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Everyone's got their own idea about Darren Waller. So everyone's got their own idea. I mean, that was obviously there was a lot out there with Jimmy G. But as it turns out. He stays. It's a team-friendly deal. Less money. Right. He'll be the backup. And I saw, I saw one guy, uh, Adam Shine, who I know, kind of, uh, from SiriusXM, who said, uh, front office looks awful. Actually, I think it looks great. How does it Apparently, look awful? It, the, the people were saying it was a strained relationship. It was kind of weird around the facility. They realized they need a backup quarterback, and they got a yeah. guy right there, and now they get him for less money. Stick your hand in there, Dave. A couple more follow-ups on the UNLV victory over the UNLV victory over Idaho State. So hmm. Marcus Arroyo had a, a long press conference today. Does a Monday press conference. Yep. And uh, we actually uploaded the sound, so you can go to ESPN Las Vegas on Twitter or uh, at UNLV All Access, and you can hear the entire podcast. About twenty-seven minutes. A lot of good stuff in there. A lot of good stuff in there. So we'll get to his point about. The slot machine, because he had some reaction to the reaction. Okay. But here's 
Marcus Arroyo uh, during Monday's press conference. Did's demeanor. There was a couple plays he didn't like, and he didn't. There were some things we screwed up, and he didn't get in the tank about it. He matured. He was excited to play. He could see that he was he was eager to do really well. Uh, he made some stuff. He did some things on the field without giving stuff away that like were on him, like checks and packages. Like we have a ton of those now. Like we're a. If there was a microphone in our headset, that's how we operate. That's how the pack. That's how the systems run now. It's like two or three plays sometimes, and he's got to be able to dictate it based on looks. He does a lot of that. He did a lot of that. I was really proud of him to see the growth, and he did, and, and he played really well. Quarterback is hard to play. He was talking about Doug Brumfield there, and you know we mentioned Harrison Bailey earlier. He had some trouble. He's still trying to get up to speed. Um, I believe with full health that Cam Friel is probably ahead of Bailey now as the two. You noticed. When Friel came in and he was behind the twos and the threes on the offensive line, it was bang, 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 because he knows the it's offense. Just... That doesn't mean Harrison Bailey can't play. And so there were a lot of people who were like, I guess I was wrong. He sucks. Like, he doesn't suck. Quarterback is a lot more complicated than people realize, and especially in a system like this. So I was glad to see Brumfield look like he had grown. And let me tell you, I am so big on the demeanor during the game. I think it makes such a difference. And since I'm down on the sidelines, I watch. Right. Right. And right. I raved after last year and during during the season last year, Canfriel went through a lot of difficulties. But I'm telling you, you got to watch the way he operates on the sidelines. That matters to teammates. It matters during those situations when, uh, you know, as Arroyo will say, things get crispy. I kind of like that. Right. And Brumfield was the same way. And I'll, I'll tell you, with Harrison, just calm down. Right. Like, what are we doing in the studio here all the time? There's always upheaval. There's always something going on. If we're all making gestures and waving the arms and making faces, we're all like, what's going on? Your quarterback of all guys can't be the puss on the face making gesture guy on the sideline. Why are you referencing the arms in there? Because I did It's that. all of us. We all, we, we, we all do. But there's also a lot of times. You give us the relax. That's, that's what I sometimes will be like, whatever's going on right now the double doesn't have to happen. The most important thing is what we're going to say <laughs> on Mike. So I mentioned. That slot machine celebration, that video I put out, got a lot of attention. Listen, it's all UNLV. I mean, they're the ones who came up with the slot machine celebration. And I wanted to find out from Arroyo, hey, what he thought about, you know, things going viral and getting attention for UNLV. But also, like, some older people being all, you know, annoyed that, oh, there's too much celebrating. You want to be so aggressive and excited about your university and the passion you have and and, and, and your marketing and your branding and all the stuff we all talk about because of you're trying to gain interest in recruits and donorship and, and enrollment and everything. And as soon as it gets to one piece and they're like, that's ah, too much. I love it, man. I, I think it's awesome. I think it was, it was there a pro football hall of fame retweeted it. I think someone showed me and ESPN sports and on sports center. I mean, it's pretty cool. I think it's cool for our kids and recruiting at our school, our city. Um, do we have to do it within a certain parameters to make sure that it's the right way and it's got the right taste? Absolutely. By no stretch of imagination, we're trying to be untasteful. Let these guys have fun, man. You know what? It wasn't just the excitement about that slot machine, the excitement around, you know, the, the celebration. When I got home from the game, I turned on some other games I was watching throughout the day, throughout the different networks. Do you know how many times I heard UNLV brought up, and it wasn't just about the slot machine, but what they did? And wow, did you see what UNLV did earlier today? UNLV. There was a lot of talk around the different networks as the games that I was watching about UNLV. So maybe the slot machine highlight triggered other networks to go, what's going on? And then they watched and they looked, and then they looked at the box score. It's generating talk about the program. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. If there were a school out there that would be annoyed about the 
slot machine idea, which one would it be? Well, the little brother up north, but... Right. If I were Nevada, I'd be like, damn it! That's a good idea. Now, Nevada, actually, the pack introduced their turnover trident. See, you know, the, the trident, right? Maybe most recently used a lot in Anchorman when they had a trident. I'm not excited um, about it. It's actually from the USS Nevada, a, uh, a submarine. Okay. So there's a whole backstory to it. So I don't want to smash it. But I got to tell you, when I saw a player holding the turnover trident in his hand, what what's the first thing you think of? That's Arizona State's thing. I'm pulling it up. That's Arizona State's thing. The, the Sun Devil has oh, a trident, the, yeah, and it's like, yeah. doesn't really go with. But I'm sure there's some people up in Reno who are like, slot machine! Come on! Well, there's we should have done that. They're too busy. Wor- uh, I'm not going to get into it. It's too, too early. We got all season. So no to- conflict Monday. Yeah. No, no that's not true. That's not true at all. Ready for some conflict? Go in the bag one more time. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Remember how Tyreek Hill said that Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Ooh. How does this one go over in the locker room? If it's true. Chiefs wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling said Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback he's ever seen. Wait a second. Wait a second. What's going on here? That'll be a good part of the Tuesday show on Cofield & Company.